Welcome to Juice Podcast. I'm Gwen Douglas. I'm Emily Harmon. And once again, this is Juice Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Today we're doing Nebbiolo. Nebbiolo. The Queen of Grapes. Yes. I think the Queen of Grapes. My favourite grape variety in the whole wide world. I really love yeah. Nebbiolo. It's honestly not something I buy so much, but when I have it, it's a real treat. I think it's a great variety. For me, I mean, I could drink Nebbiolo on a beach, which sounds quite extreme to a lot of people, but I think it's a great variety that can be... So I just imagined you right now in a gimp mask or something, like lounging out in some latex and your Nebbiolo on a beach. Maybe not like, a gimp I don't know why, mask. <laughs> it was like all in latex, like bear kind at the beach. Gwen's revealing a little bit too much about her taste. <laughs> Why it was just super funny. <laughs> We're not all into that, but um, good to know. But we do live yeah. in Berlin. Yeah, I won't be going to the beach with Gwen anytime soon. <laughs> in my burkini. Do you want to go for a swim? No, I'm okay. Good Are you sure you don't want to cool down? <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. I don't want to sweat in a leather mask on the beach. So um, anyway, yeah, so it, it is a great variety that probably is a little bit like wearing a gimp mask on the beach, actually. It's not a fair, like it's not an unfair thing because I think it's, um, it is, for a lot of people, hard to understand because it's a great variety that produces wines that have high alcohol. Usually the wines are sort of, I mean, never less than 13.5%, usually 14, 14 14.5%. They have high acidity, high tannin. Um, So what you do get is this, and quite different to the max. Yeah, and quite different to like wines from Bordeaux, example, yes. for example, that are high alcohol, um, sometimes high, high yeah. acidity, but high um, high tannin. They're quite extracted and there's lots yes. of fruit. Whereas this is almost like imagine like a bony woman. Like there's there is no sort oh, of I fat on like, the wines. Yeah, a bit like maybe if she was a bit skinnier and moodier. No, I'm ha- definitely yeah. having like some <laughs> goth babe vibes. Yeah, yes. definitely. Yeah, high cheekbones. Yeah, I think yeah, quite like, broody. Yes, I like and, it. And uh, brooding, not broody. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> big difference there. <laughs> yeah, she's desperate for a child, but no, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think there is a, a moody, sultry vibe yeah, to to Nebbiolo. Actually, maybe that's probably why I I like it so much because <laughs> I'm moody. But I think yeah, dark. Yeah. Um, but I think what I love about it is it's got a very uh, perfumed, unique nose, yeah. like the classic tasting note, which again very gothic, tar and roses, yeah, tattoo. It. I know all it's over like it. the goth, like the you heart know, with a dagger a, inside yeah. and roses around the outside. It's I was so such emo. A goth child. <laughs> yes. This is like I think this is definitely why I always love this. Yeah. But I think, um, so for me, uh, that's what I love it. I love about it because I think there's an allure and a mysterious nature yes. to this varietal that makes it very, very inviting. Yes. I feel like I'm pulled Holding. in every time. And their wines actually need a lot of ageing. So again, you know, you really have to love the grape variety because when they are just released, yeah. they are quite tough. They're incredibly tannic, very dry. You know, they're difficult wines, especially if you're not eating. Uh, for some people, but um, there's it's a Pandora's box. Once I think you go in there, there's way more things to cool. Well, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited because you brought these today. Yes. Do you want to open one? I'll open one. Do I? Have to Where's open your it bottle opener? Horrible contraption. <laughs> the Tyke opener. The Tyke. Like you're using the phrase now too. Yeah. Hashtag Tyke opener. Someone please send me a better Tyke opener. <laughs> <laughs> This one, it even says Bouteille d'Esprit Rouge. I know, we went over this already, but yeah. Did we? I don't remember. <laughs> Bottle of, of a red spirit. All I know is last time you used it, you threw it into the corner. 
and you thought it would get rid of it. You thought it last was, forever. Yeah, you, you thought it would stay there. You'd like hide it in the ivy up there or something. Uh, but it didn't. Mm. I went and got it. Like it's even like so. The type opener for everybody that's on audio is a bottle shaped bottle opener that's basically plastic and actually was quite. That was not bad. That was not a bad open. It was efficient. Yeah. So we've got two. I chose two wines today, and I think um, obviously there are a few different appellations for Nebbiolo. So the sort of generic appellation being Langi Nebbiolo or um, uh, Nebbiolo Dalba, Nebbiolo Dasty. They're sort of the more generic sort of good entry points for mm-hmm. the Nebbiolo drinker because they tend to be a little bit lower in tannin, a bit softer, a bit more primary fruit sort of coming out. Um, and a bit easier going and then we have appellations in the northern part which I didn't even mention sorry we're in Piemonte in northeast in northwest sorry of Italy Piemonte and then we have appellations in the northern part of Piemonte like Valtellina <coughs> Valtellina technically actually is Lombardy uh, but Spana Bocca Gattinara Geme are the appellations for Nebbiolo but they tend to be a little bit different in style because they're all about the acid structure because okay. it's cooler climate okay. and lots of uh, limestone as well so today we are in one region we're or? focusing on Barolo today this is Von Romanet this is Chevy Chamatan this is yeah. Chambon Musigny this is holy ground for this yes. varietal um, and uh, the most long lived appellation yeah. in terms of the wines coming from here have the longest ageability as well do you think also it's like a it's like having a Louis Vuitton handbag? So like Barolo is that like name of like people that uh, would I be wrong? I think I a lot of people that like maybe don't know tons about wine know a few th- names, and Barolo is going to be one of them. Chianti is another one, especially like North right. Americans. Yes. You know these sort of like star wines from Europe that like are must haves or at least must tries. Yes. So I think this is definitely one of those like. I think no I agree I think it's definitely um the the name is associated with luxury it's associated with high quality wine right and it needs to be high quality wine because there is a minimum aging of 3 years it has to have at least 2 ages in uh in wood and then it has to have um 1 year in bottle before release so there is an investment from the Already, winery yes. yeah yeah you can't just make fruity easy wine I mean, that the way color it's, of this is like it's not possible gorgeous it's like red velvet yeah yeah so Typically, Nebbiolo always has a garnet colour, even for when it's young. So it never takes on this purple ruby colour. No. Um, it always takes on this slightly orange tone. And that red. would be from the ageing? No, no, no. Even Just when it's young, that's the varietal, oh, really? yeah. Okay. And it's an interesting grape variety. So Nebbiolo, So you name... would never be able to, like, colour-wise see that it's, like... No, not unless young. it's a massive... Unless it's really industrially made with okay. lots of new oak and, okay. and different things that can different things that could be added and extracted to produce a different colour. In general, almost always this uh, this garnet colour. So a lot of people associate garnet with an aged wine, but uh, that's always one of the things that if you see this garnet colour, it could be an indication that it's Nebbiolo. Mm, um, and I think it's got such a distinct personality. It's so funny because... In the past, when I've done blind wine tastings, I'm just, and I smell it, and I'm always, or I smell a wine, I'm like, is it Nebbiolo or not? And I've learnt the lesson of <laughs> if I don't know a hundred percent, it's Nebbiolo. Don't it's say, not it. Yeah. No, because okay. it's so distinct. It's like I do have to say when I took my like uh, exam, you like, got a master's yeah, introductory, yeah. That a lot of like people were throwing out Nebbiolo all the time. That like everyone wanted it to be Nebbiolo all the time. So mm. it was like, and then someone would look at them like. You know, that's not, no. But it was definitely one that yeah. you were like, Nebbiolo! 
It's funny, yeah, because and I, it's funny. I always get this out actually when I do the wine trainings at Mickelberger, um, or when I'm putting wines. I often give them wines that taste a bit like Nebbiolo because they oh. know I love Nebbiolo so much. They always think I'm giving them that, and I'm like, it's not Nebbiolo because of this. Bye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. But yeah, it's um, but yeah, this is so this particular grape variety produces uh, long aging wines, so wines that can at least like minimum usually they're ready to drink within barolo the appellation itself due to the production method with the aging years in oak or not necessarily oak but in wood because it can be chestnut too um and the aging in bottle and it being quite a tannic grape variety an acidic grape variety it's a grape variety that actually sort of comes into its own around the 10 year period for me it's like when i love to drink it but it can last sort of 40 50 years i mean i've tried some that are 50 years old that still have life in I'm easily. I'm always so impressed by that. Yeah, so, yeah, and for that reason, I think that's why the tradition has been kept in this region and yeah. with this varietal because actually observing it and observing how it reacts to different things you do in the cellar, that process is so much slower because yeah. it has that long ageability period. Um, and I actually think um, so many producers probably just value it for its traditional yeah, style right. as well. So yeah. um, I know I certainly do. So rom- romance about that. Yeah. yeah. And the name itself, Nebbiolo, just for anybody that's not familiar with that. So the name itself comes from the uh, the word Nebbia, which means fog. So the region itself, because it's on sort of... It's interesting because it looks a bit like Burgundy in a way, but a more elevated way because you have um, you have these little hill, hilltop towns and then sort of carpets of vineyards okay. sort of all over the region. So it's one of those incredible places where you're just surrounded by vineyards, Amazing. which isn't the case with a lot of wine yeah. regions, but for Burgundy and for for um, for Barolo, that is the case. Uh, and the this particular grape variety ripens quite late in the season, okay. so when it is on the vines, like the fog starts to come yeah, through beautiful. and everything as well. Yeah, well, it is very romantic. It is. I know. Oh. All kinds of autumn mystery and I mean, classic it matching. Be our Halloween episode. Yes. But this is um, this particular um, this particular grape classic pairing. Obviously, white truffles is the main thing for this, and I think often because there is a truffly note in the wine. So, mm-hmm. so tar roses. Yep. It's incredibly aromatic. So you have this mm-hmm. amazing floral perfume, but then this crazy sort of like earthy, savory undertone. It's a yin and yang. Yeah, feminine and masculine in one. More yin, I think. I think it's definitely more feminine, mm, but yeah. there's still like it's a strong lady. It's a it's a lady in an eighties power suit. Mm. She's got some shoulder pads. It's a black velvet. So this wine that we're trying now is a uh, 2014 Barolo Canubi from Chiara Boscis. So Canubi being one of the sort of top vineyards actually it, around the appellation of Barolo. So there's multiple towns or sub appellations within Barolo. Um, so the key ones mainly being Barolo, um, we also have Serralunga, Monforte, um, La Mora. So Barolo and La Mora tend to produce sort of the more feminine styles of, of Barolo and Serralunga and Monforte being a little bit more structured, a little bit more um, age-worthy almost because they're okay. a bit more tannic and let's say the old-fashioned word of masculine. Yeah, I try, right. I'm trying to move away from that another a little bit more. gender and sort of yeah, yeah. right, actually. Yeah, it's becoming a bit more difficult, um, uh, and I feel a little bit out of date with that, with using those terms. But, I need um, to get on that, too, because it's yeah. true. It's the same in anything. It's like, yeah. how do you describe these things without them being necessarily gendered? Yes. Um, it's a challenge. It's good. Yes. It's good to challenge ourselves. 
so Lamora and and, uh, and uh, Barolo being a little bit more softer, let's say, and yeah. a little bit more elegant, and the others being a bit more structured and a bit more dense. Tougher. Yes. More dense. Like yeah. Uh, so this is uh, from a single vineyard, so Kanubi. Multiple producers have vines in the Kanubi okay. vineyard. This is where Barolo also has things in common with Burgundy, with oh, okay. vineyards identified of high quality. Right. And multiple produce, producers in the having vines okay. from those vineyards. Chiara has uh, uh, 0.7 of a hectare of this, so it's not uh, a large amount, but enough that it's right. uh, a fair amount of a good vineyard. It's all uh, mostly a little bit of sand, but clay or limestone, which is very typical for the region. Okay. A bit like Burgundy as well. <laughs> Soils. Yeah, funny. Just, yeah. Um, and she's kind of known as being the first woman producing Barolo, let's say, or one of the first female winemakers in the area. Really? Oh, yeah. that's cool. There are more now, but she was sort of one of the one first, of first. Sort of doing it, yeah. So would you say this is a classic? No, this is a little bit more modern because she's not using... So traditionally, you do longer macerations in old um, chestnut body. Okay. Which are like large sort of oval oak barrels, but she's using um, barrels, I think, and they're different ages so it's a little bit more modern but i still what like would, her style what, how would you describe the modernness then using it? smaller oak so the oak implant imparts a little bit more flavors sometimes and also helps soften the tannins early mm. doors uh, and shorter maceration okay. times pumping over and yeah to sort of extract more color and You'll see, because we're going to go to a wine yes. which is a bit more traditional after. So there's a good, for me, interesting, because they're both um, working, well, Kiara's certified organic mm -hmm. as well. Um, and then we're going to go to, to uh, Rowania after, which is a sort of step further. Mm. There is something sort of like tomato-y. I don't know if that's like... Yeah. That's what I, why I asked. For me, though, that tarry sort of almost mm. chemically, you know, totally. I think like, I'm like trying to figure out what's like beyond those that particular yeah. smell that's in there. That's why I was but it asking. But it's quite umami because it's kind of got the sweet, and I think I understand what you mean by tomato because this is like a ragu-iness, but then like, it's sort of vegetally yes. something yeah. happening. That's why I was asking if it was a and it's quite close now. Like if we kept this open yeah, in the glass, like it would develop yeah. a little bit. But I didn't. We could have decanted them before, but I think... Um, no, I kind of like also seeing the development in the glass a little bit while we're chatting sometimes. Yeah. And I think when you speak to a lot of Barolo producers, and my friend Mark Andrew from Nova Rock will attest to this, and when we drink Nebbiolo together, we refuse to decant it, because it's like, this is the way to drink it. <laughs> it opens up in the glass as you drink yes. it. We de never You go on a journey. It. Take yes. me on the journey. Yeah, it's like Pinot Noir, don't yes. decant it. So... Um, yeah, I think it's interesting. Also, That's just one nice. thing uh, to point out, this is a typical bottle shape, the Albeza bottle. That's produced in Piemonte, so it's slightly different to other places. So it's okay. kind of a burgundy bottle, but it's slightly different. You see What's slightly different The shape it? of it, see how oh, it falls okay. slightly like, on a slight angle, but slopes oh, down. Okay. Yeah, that's a typical bottle from the region. And this is not. But, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, which is, yeah. Choices. Choices, exactly. What's choice. your food pairing, Gwen? I was actually, because I was having this like tomato-y moment, I mean, there are lots of things you could eat with this, to be honest. Lots of things. You could go super simple and just do like meat and veg, like a nice little steak would be delicious with some potatoes and waxy beans, or you could even eat it with a ragu, would be delicious. Amazing. Like, this would be great with tomato-based sauces, because yeah. tomato sauces need wine 
that has almost like this slight bitterness with it because okay. tomato sauce yeah. does. I think also I love that you said steak because often when people are thinking about meat and steak and grilled meats, they're always thinking that it needs to be almost like a it's like a power. Punch, yeah. yeah, so it's like I need something really big. I need an Well, actually, I what for me when I'm having protein. I mean, this wine completely comes alive when you're having protein. Number one, because the tannin and the yeah. acid. But you also need to be able to digest that meat. Yes. And when it becomes too powerful, like the thing about this wine is it's incredibly powerful. It's got an amazing structure because everything's, the acid's high, the tannin's yeah. high, the alcohol's high. But it's incredibly There's elegant really and perfect. really delicate about it too. That's the thing that's so funny, this conundrum about it where it's yeah. like everything's big, but actually you're left with something that feels really delicate and refined and like... It's a love affair. Yeah, it's really like special in that way. I think this is the most romantic grape variety that exists today. So the heart rate, great, better watch out. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I would choose Nebbiolo over Pinot Noir every oh, single day. I've never day. thought about that. Yeah. But I do think that, that Nebbiolo appeals to the Pinot Noir drinker and vice versa. Yeah, totally. I mean, I love Pinot Noir, so... Yeah. And I do think that, like, when I think about Italy, for example, and I think about the iconic wines of Italy, so I think about Barolo, for example, I think, okay, I would recommend that to the person that drinks Burgundy. <sighs> Sangiovese, mm-hmm. you could go either way, depending yeah. on who's made it. It could go more to Burgundy, but it could also go to the Bordeaux drinker. Yeah. Amarone, like the wines from the I Veneto. Love yeah, then you'd be more like Bordeaux territory yeah. there, or maybe like Southern Rhone, like Chateauneuf de Paris. Yes, see, that's the main, yeah, the big, yeah. the big reds. Yeah. But I, yeah, I think why I like this is, is it is that conundrum of like being big and soft Elegant at the and same graceful. time, but also strong and powerful at the same time. That's yeah. a really like. I mean, that's an appealing mix in anything and anyone. So I think maybe that's why it's extra special. But yeah, a to- like a steak. And I think that's the thing too, when people like think Like a very steaks, muscly ice dance. Like ice dancer. Ice, ice, dan- ice dancer. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was like better at editing that I could like cut away to like a super muscly ice dancer. That would be really funny. Yeah. <laughs> so you're just going to have to imagine that. Yeah. But I think too, like people think, I don't know why people think like steak always has to be, because when I think of like, maybe the way that we make steak is usually like quite simple, just salt and maybe salt and pepper, not too much stuff going on. That like, yeah, if you're like covering your steak with heaps of spices, then maybe you're, yeah. But I think like a really, I'm just imagining just like something small and light, something a bit meaty. I'd want a steak at home. Taxi to here after and just grill the steak. <laughs> be what would be your mix? What would be your choice? Pairing. Yeah. Meat. 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 Yeah. Yeah. You need it. Yeah. It's funny. Those are the two. Like the first thing that came to mind was actually the sort of like Italian ragu, but that's also just meat and tomato, super slow cooked, and then no, and just something, meat. and then something steaky. Yeah. yeah. Two meaty things. Oh my god. Delicious. Yeah, really delicious. Yum, 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 yum. Ooh, the colour on this. Yeah, very garnet. So now we're Ooh. trying a 2011 Barolo Pira from Rowania. So Rowania have um, probably, I would say, I would feel confident to say this, but I think Rowania have um, maybe a, well, a, a slightly more well-known reputation than Chiara I think because they are falling into there are every single natural wine fair or many natural wine fairs wine making is traditional and the same production methods have existed since um, the 1920s 
the 15 hectares in total, so a bit bigger because Kiara is around, I think she's around 5 hectares, on, no 11 hectares, sorry, not, so a little bit bigger, um, but with some old vineyards, some of the vineyards okay. are up to 100 years of age, oh, um, but all completely natural farming, so no use of chemicals at all. Uh, and to the point where they uh, obviously wine's not filtered, not fine, but really low levels of sulfur as well. So okay. definitely on the natural side. I'm excited to have a sniff. Yeah. And obviously Whoa. we're seeing different wow. age, but for me, this is way this is more ready to drink. Yeah, but this like the smell already it's is very open as yeah. well. This has like I feel like the tar is way more pronounced on this in yeah. a c clearer. And more the other like... thing that I always get is like tobacco resin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Tobacco, it's floral. This for me has that sort of like Bloody Mary mix thing going on a little mm. bit in the background as well. It's very sort of. This is almost so, umami. This wine is so like popular. When I, when I think of Barolo, I also think of like men smoking cigars and doing yeah. manly things on leather chairs and like. I think it of like an Italian. Like, I think of an Italian charming man that I want to date. That's maybe sipping on. Yeah, I think maybe because I see it through the like my first introductions to Barolo were when I was younger, living in North America. So it was that sort of like the view of Europe through a North American's eyes, and yes. I think that's why Americans are so obsessed with things like Chianti and Barolo. Yes. it's that like the romance of the the same vision that I had when I first thought of these wines of yeah. being like I'm fancy and I'm and the doing colour. European I mean, things it looks like, it's almost like blood it's very the colour is actually like stunning in the glass because you get this like it's so pale and clear where it's where you see the well, colour yeah, and it's, it's so black in the reflection that it's very high contrast yeah gothic makes very it's very dramatic hmm because it's not just like dark all the way through where you see nothing. It's like no, you're right. It's like, pow. yeah. I'd love to illustrate some Barolo. If anyone wants me to draw some, <laughs> yes, it's I'll make some one day, and then you can do all the lips. <laughs> do like that cocktail series I've been doing with the girls in the ice cubes. I should start doing some wine mm. girls. It's like Pantone matching the colors. That'd be amazing. Putting some girls. In some she needs colors. to be brunette. Oh, she would be. It would be very graphic. Like high contrast I mean I think brunette and like uh, very slim not curvaceous no at all like what's her name from 101 I think you'd be Viognier yeah I'm definitely not I'm nowhere lean and mean no you'd be <laughs> no but I think you'd be like sexy and voluptuous yeah I was like and white because of yeah. your hair but I don't white, know what yeah. or you'd be a bottle of champagne I think you could also be vintage champagne I reckon I'll take that I reckon you'd be more that because I think Viognier is too immediate and you're very layered and detailed. So I think you would be vintage champagne. I'll take, I won't, I won't Maybe say Maybe in a coupe though. <laughs> to make it a bit more fun. Just say like, forgotten in the back of someone's like, off <laughs> I know, you can't be like that. You'll never forget. On that vintage champagne that someone, someone stocked at the, at the off license and forgot that was there. No, no you, that, you would never be Christmas. that. You'd never be that. The dusty box in the back. You'd be the prize that people <laughs> only a few Top people shelf. would be able to Top to shelf. spend time with. That would have been a good name for a podcast. Top shelf. Top shelf. But a bit elitist. True. Also, you wouldn't want to call it top shelf, bottom shelf, especially if they saw pictures of you because you've got like pin up, like she's on the top shelf. Top like it's shelf. a bit porn. It's a bit it porn is. mag, isn't it? Maybe I feel like maybe we should do like a series of bottom shelf, just like the bad, the baddies. We should, yeah. Bottom shelf. Bottom shelf, top shelf. 
Bottom shelf. Yeah, we need to start implementing segments like the Hilo do. I know, I like it. I bottom shelf. Oh, God, so much. <laughs> bottom shelf. What do you got? So we're obviously having a really good time enjoying this wine. Yes, going slightly it's taking piece. us, like, places. Places that nobody probably wants to hear about, but we're, we're, we're going there. Anyway. You're, hit, you're buckled in. <laughs> <laughs> so expect, like, Nebbiolo illustrations yeah. for the next month. You get wild. <laughs> yeah. No, this is really lovely. Yeah. Definitely different in terms of like, I feel like this is much more delicate in the mouth. It's I stronger on the nose and more delicate in the mouth. So I think this is because, one, the wine, obviously there are two factors here, three. Vintages are different, uh, is number one. Two, style of winemaking, this is more traditional, which is my personal this preference, really lovely, yeah. because I think... The shape of the wine is different. The fruit comes through a little bit more. The shape of the tannins are different. But uh, the main thing that we're also seeing, which I think everybody underestimates, is actually that little bit more time in bottle, that ageing. Softens everything. Softens everything. And and this is the sweet spot, this sort of age now, that I love sort of like 8 to 12 years, that little bracket for most high-quality Barolos. Because... Yeah, just becomes open from yeah. when you drink it whereas i think maybe if we tried this Needed in another minute an hour yeah, exactly. or so excuse me different type a different thing altogether whereas this is singing as it is right now and it's and i think my it's food got that lovely, would be different with this too yeah i mean this for me my all-time favorite pairing for nebbiolo you asked me before i didn't yeah. really think it through um, would be game birds, grouse, Ooh, like pig, grouse, pigeon. Grouse. Med, oh, like honestly, think about a medieval feast. Oh yeah, bring it on. We still need to do a mead episode. We do medieval. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I love a pan. <laughs> but this really, I I feel like. <laughs> no, I do. I feel like I could be sitting at Henry VIII's table bottle of Barolo and I want a grouse and I want it to be bloody and I want there to be like musket grapes like I had this dish the other day at the River Cafe which I think is the epitome of probably the best wine pairing that could be for a bottle of Nebbiolo and it was or a bottle of Barolo so it was whole roasted grouse in the wood-fired oven Mm, that had Brunello actually poured over the top of it and a piece of toast that would have been under the bird and under musket grapes that had also been cooked. So it looked, it almost looked like um, a still life painting. I love it. It was so primitive and beautiful and medieval in the same way. Visceral. Yeah, visceral is a good, great word. So it was just so inviting. And then you just imagine like a bottle of this wine on the table, because this is almost bloody, you know, like this wine is the salt of the earth. Which is funny because my my idea with this one is like totally less bloody. I was thinking more like carpaccio. <laughs> but that's bloody, that's raw it is meat. Kind of bloody, yeah. <laughs> but maybe like less medieval. Yeah. Yeah, I would think like some. some but imagine, like, some truffly like, carpaccio yeah. would be delicious. Yeah. Cause yeah I, I mean, yours is, is quite maybe a little bit more sophisticated. Because <laughs> I find that this one's actually. This wine can handle a lot more than yeah, maybe I'm receiving. We're going to go out for steak after this. Kebabs, yeah. Give us more meat. Put that cold pizza back in the fridge. <laughs> yes. For another day. <laughs> anyway, so that's a little bit of an introduction to Nebbiolo. Delightful. I'm yeah. happy you took me there. It was yeah. very good. Uh, if anybody has any questions about Nebbiolo, about Piemonte, love to answer them. Love to hear about 
Then there'd be others that you like to drink. Yeah, I was going to say, you or your dad or your grandpa or your cousins or your mum. I was about grandma. to say only male relatives. No, I'm on it. Millennial all. Uh, I'm only have some far distant cousins. <laughs> that are female and male. And male. Or non-gendered. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Also true. non Not. Anyway. All the people yeah. in your life. What kind of Nebbiolo do they like? Do you have favourite bottles? Do you not? Have you never tried it? We want to hear all of the things. Um, and then yeah. you can find a snazzy tote bag as pictured here in on, the video. Which is on our website, juice.show. You can also find us on Twitter at... Juice, juice underscore podcast, sorry. And on Instagram at juice.podcast. And uh, yeah, we want to hear from you. We would like you to like tweet at us, everything, yeah. all of it. And we love that you all tune in, so thank you very much for tuning in. But please remember, if you're tuning in on YouTube, to subscribe to our YouTube tra- channel. Travel. Travel. Too much to be yellow. And also on uh, whatever platform that you're using for the podcast, it'd be great if you subscribe as well. Super. So I have, I'm Gwen Douglas. I'm Emily Harmon. Cheers. Cheers. Salute. Salute. <laughs> She's so international, this one. <laughs>